If the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear to man as it is, infinite. For man has closed himself up till he sees all things throw narrow chunks of his cavern. William Blake, 1790. There may be more truth to this quote than we know. It is common knowledge that our advancements in science and technology have allowed us to excel in many ways. However, the evolution may have come at a cost. We have lost our intuition, our instinct, those elements of us that would feel outwards telling us everything about what's going on all around us. Long before we developed language, I have a feeling that we are slowly reconnecting with those missing senses. It's certainly no secret that reports regarding the whole rainbow spectrum of paranormal phenomena has skyrocketed in the last two years. Circumstances of the world forced the lot of us into isolation, and we all had to find different ways of dealing with it. A considerable amount of us ended up finding a long, slumbering part of us that had been drowned out by the constant noise of the world. We began to look inside of ourselves, pay more attention to the smaller scale environments we were inhabiting, everything in the atmosphere. We opened our eyes, our ears, our minds, and our spirits to find new or forgotten ways of connecting to others, the world around us, and the universe it inhabits. Yet, some of us never really needed the push to get there. It's always just been there. Welcome to XV Planets. Greetings, friends, fiends, and lovers of strange and wondrous things. Welcome back to XV Planets, transmitting from the Black Lodge as always. I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very happy to be here, and I thank you for listening, and I invite you into the circle tonight. So how was everybody's week? Staying warm and with no worries, I hope. Luckily here in Durham, it's been relatively mild, but most certainly wet. However, to be fair, surviving winters here is easy compared to the years I spent in Indiana. No, thank you. There is certainly no denying that our world is undergoing some changes and that our seasonal weather patterns seem to be developing schizophrenia, but that is a scary tale for another time. And yes, I do fully intend to do an episode on the future horrors of climate change. But if you want to stay up on the true reality of it, check out my friends over at the Climate Collab podcast from Brian Barnes and Kate Bagby. There's a lot of misinformation regarding the path our planet is currently hurtling down, and I highly suggest you listen to them for a fact-based discussion to help filter out the nonsense. Okay, moving on from scary science into weird science. A study on Mars microbes. This comes from the search for extraterrestrial intelligence at SETI.org, and I'll be sure to post this in the show notes for you. Helping us understand the past of Mars, since we haven't gone there with humans yet, is studying what we call analog sites here on Earth. Places that bear striking similarities to Martian landscapes or features. 
In the new research published in the Frontiers in Astronomy and Space Science, led by graduate student Justin Wang, a research team studied the Poas volcano in Costa Rica. The hydrothermal crater lake on the volcano is considered to be one of the most inhospitable locations on Earth, ultra-acidic and full of toxic metals. The water temperature can range from pleasant and uncomfortable or all the way up to boiling, and rock and ash explosions happen on a recurring basis. We'll say less than hospitable to life. And yet, over the past 10 years, they have found microbes living in the lake. In fact, while they only found one species there back in 2013, the 2017 visit revealed some biodiversity occurring. A DNA sequencing of the organisms found biochemical capabilities that helped them tolerate the conditions. Per the press release, these included pathways to create energy using sulfur, iron, arsenic, carbon fixation, like plants, both simple and complex sugars, and bioplastic granules, which microorganisms can create and use as energy and carbon reserves during stress or starvation. Overall, this research provides another avenue to examine when it comes to Mars analog sites. Volcanoes may seem to be bad for life, but they actually aren't. Now you may wonder why I keep doing these space-related updates. Well, I can promise you that that will make way more sense in the last quarter of this year, but for now, just humor me for four minutes an episode. Who knows? You might find something interesting, or even learn something, God forbid. Coming back down from the skies and back down to the ground, six feet below ground to be exact. I want to talk briefly about the soul phone. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Huh? Huh? Look, I want to believe, and there is a lot I do believe now that I didn't believe two years ago, but even I'm calling this one a little out there. Yeah, let that sink in. Yes, me, the the guy who talks about aliens and demons and ghosts at family barbecues, thereby alienating myself because of my demons and ghosts hanging around, and this, too. Whoa. Self-psychology. There is no spoon. No, I'm kidding. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I do go on about it at social gatherings, and I have become that guy, but I do know when to stop. Most of the time. I don't know, 65% of the time, somewhere around there. Anyway, soul phone, yeah. I'm not sure if I buy it. Uh, a bit of a skeptic, you'd say. I'm actually putting on the skeptic hat right now, which rarely ever happens, as most of you all know. But it's still a fascinating concept if it is, in fact, real. So let's talk about this. And when I say talk about this, let's get a conversation going, actually. I'm going to be bringing this up on all social media accounts for this uh, this show and, the, and this episode in particular, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. From their website, the soulphonefoundation.org, the soul phone refers to integrative technologies for communicating with post-material, so-called deceased, persons. Devices are being developed by Gary E. Schwartz, Ph.D., and his team at the University of Arizona's Laboratory for Advances in Consciousness and Health. Through original technology designed by their team, they apparently have built up a relationship with a handful of notable parties, formerly of the living, and a number of methods of communication. 
I can't go all the way down this rabbit hole with you right now, or I will go into Charlie Day-level conspiracy collage territory, and we will get absolutely nothing else done here today. But I digress, to quote my friend the boozy art historian. The link for this so-called soul soul phone uh, will be posted in the show notes as well, for those of you who want to dive into that conversation with me. Now, speaking of communing with the dead, amongst other things, my guest tonight is Trish Moe, host of The Missing Piece and co-host of Chasing Prophecy on United Public Radio Network, broadcasting live at 105.3 FM New Orleans on Mondays and Tuesdays at 8 p.m. respectively. An artist, intuitive, and unbeknownst to me until this candid conversation, an experiencer of the abduction phenomenon. Trish has been experiencing and interacting with the paranormal since she was a child. She also joined us briefly at the Sally House, and you'll be hearing her point of view on that later in March. So come and join us for a headfirst dive into all manner of madness and high strangeness. From UFOs to ghosts to portals, as we lean into the wonderfully weird and fearlessly embrace the bizarre world we live in on another conversation through the void. Trish, I want to thank you so much for joining me here tonight. I really appreciate you making the time to come on the show. Um, yes. I'm, much obliged, my friend. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, of course. Well, I figured it would be important uh, to have you on just as, as kind of a one-on-one conversation because uh, you will obviously be popping on the show uh, several more times in the future. One time for sure, definitely coming up, but we'll get to that one later. Um. So, you know, the typical stuff that we talk about here on XV Planus, and, you know, we're going to dive into all of that stuff here in just a few minutes. But before we go off the deep end, and we will go off the deep end, which is why I'm so glad you're here, <laughs> uh, there are a few things that I would like to discuss with you. And uh, first and foremost, you have a new show coming I do. out, don't you? I do. It is. It premieres next week, actually, Monday, um, January 24th. All right. Well, at the time this episode is coming out, it's probably going to be a couple of weeks after that. So uh, uh, our listeners will definitely have a little bit more for them to listen to of you. But uh, can you tell us a little bit about what your show is going to be focused on and the approach that you're going to be doing it with? So my show is called The Missing Piece, uh, Peace being spelled P-E-A-C-E. And that is something I've I've become very passionate about. Um because in in all of my journeys in life and in interacting with different people I've met along the way, um, I love people's stories. I love stories of how they overcame things. I love stories of how they transformed into the people they are today in order to help others and to heal others or even to, to help um, people remember events because throughout throughout my life a lot of a lot of the spirits I've communicated with have led me to certain people um, with such a historical background or such a unique 
traumatic event that happened in their life that they overcame. And so I kind of want to focus on that and, and how they, how they transmuted that energy into something positive um, because there's, there's so much negativity nowadays. So, so I think that's something we all, you know, can benefit from as well. Oh, 100% agree. You know, uh, we could even say that that very same mindset is kind of what put you in orbit in with me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. And everything is always connected in my world. So everything is connected. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. Like, that's my favorite line out of all of this, this whole fucking world that we're in. You say that, and I'm the guy in the back of the bar, like, throwing a picture across the room. Yes! Everything is connected! People don't believe that. You know, I used to argue with that. I'm like, everything means something. And, and you know, so when I was a dealer at a casino, um, I, I encountered the most interesting people because they came from all over the world and I would spend, you know, seven, eight hours of my shift with the same players at my table. And so every single time something like that would happen and two people across from each other from different parts of the world would all of a sudden in that eight hours discover something in common in their lives and it'd just be mind blown about it. And I'm like, as I said, Everything means something. Everything is, con- yeah. Everything is connected. If we were all a little bit more uh, open-minded and open-hearted and willing to um, connect with the people around us, I think we would all find that. that you remember that whole thing of like six degrees mm-hmm. of separation. I at this point, I really think it's closer to like four degrees oh, yeah. of separation. Uh, yeah, but we're we're all a lot more connected to each other than. I think most are willing to admit or even talk Absolutely. about. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is, um, I'm really excited for your show and I really cannot wait to see what you do with this. And, and we're going to touch back on that again here in a few minutes, but this is not your first foray into radio, correct? No, no, it's not. I, a lot of my, uh, listeners w- will probably recognize me from Chasing Prophecy on Tuesday nights on um, United Public Radio. And I have been doing that since only a few months, actually, since September, I believe. Um, Okay. But that has definitely opened up such an exciting world of you know, the, the guests we entertain on, or we interview and the guests we entertain, the guests, we probably are entertaining. <laughs> oh yeah. No, you definitely entertained <laughs> me. When, such a when different, I, I, I have three co-hosts on chasing prophecy. Um, it is actually, and none of you are the no, same. And that's what actually what no. makes it really interesting. And it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's Pittsburgh paranormal Society's chasing prophet prophecy. But um, so two of my co-hosts are paranormal investigators and hilarious. Um, and then of course, Jenny Nicasio is a, um, you know, she's an author. She was, um, she worked with MUFON for a long time, has a, a huge background mm-hmm. in, in UFO exploration and things like that. So they're all very unique. And, and I think the four of us, you know, we, we don't always agree on everything either, which is, kind of we so we keep it humorous to that aspect but a lot of our our guests are 
such a variety of people. So, you know, we have psychics and, and readers and you name it. Um, next week's episode, I believe is going to be on, on Bigfoot, um, in the Northeast. And, um, you know, last week we had the author who wrote many books and has done research on time travel. Um, we've had so many, we've, you know, so that's been a oh, very God, we, exciting. So we, 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 we can't talk. We can't talk about time travelers because I've been on like a <laughs> week long chrononaut <laughs> rabbit hole dive, and I am ripping my freaking hair out right now. It's <laughs> it's wonderful and it's amazing, but uh, uh, it's it's also incredibly frustrating. Yes. yes. <laughs> so my shit's gonna be different um, from chasing prophecy. Um, in the aspect that focus, uh, focuses specifically on paranormal and conspiracy theories and things like that. Whereas I'm, um, mine's more personal because there's a lot of times mm-hmm. it's, it's going to also be connected to, um, my own filming series of like, I, I have friends that do intuitively, um, do henna and things like that. So they're going to go into the history of things like that. Um, cooking there's, I know people who, uh, make creative art through symbolic extraterrestrial downloads that, you know, and these people were never artists before. Um, it's just fascinating people's stories. I just, I just love people. So, um, I I know you do, and that's actually, yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to see what you do with with your own show because you you have a dynamic that um, personally speaks to me a lot, and I think that's you and I hit it off pretty well right off the bat. And um, your methods of communication and your your personality is just going to create a really deep and intense level of conversation. I think it's going to be beautiful. So I just, I cannot wait. And I'm so happy for you. Yeah, absolutely. Now I I love what you guys do over at uh, chasing prophecy, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. This is right up my alley. I'm just really weird. So, you know, I'm weird. You say weird. weird. I say, (laughs) I think your family like that. You make sense to me. I, I love it. When people say that they're weird, I'm like, so normal oh, yeah. no to, to me. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But nobody wants to be a normie. Let's no, no. <laughs> embrace the weird. I'm just happy to finally be meeting more people like myself. You know, I it started, I was becoming hermit there for a while and um, which I love, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I thought that maybe this just is my normal and there's nobody else that's as weird as me. So (laughs) I promise you there's armies of us out there. We just, uh, we just don't talk about it much, probably for the same (laughs) reason that you didn't for the longest time. Now, (laughs) um, I do want to touch on, uh, your show again and also chasing prophecy again, a little bit towards the end and certainly, Make sure that we have all of the information so that my listeners can connect with you, your people, your community. Um, I'm all about building that 
that network of people who are all about supporting each other. And we over here definitely want to support you. So we're going to make sure that we get all that info. And don't worry, folks, it will be posted in the show notes. We will rigorously make sure that we have every link that we need. But let's talk about why we're really here tonight. <laughs> Let's dive off into the weird of it, and that is you have a very personal, deep connection to the paranormal, the supernatural, high strangeness, all sorts of oddities, and I would like to talk to you about your personal connection, your personal experiences, what has driven you on this journey for yourself. Well, I guess I guess start at the beginning. I I grew up in the mountains in southwestern New Mexico. I was I was born outside of Roswell, um, but in the mountains, I I lived on behind my house um, in the Gila wilderness. There were old, um, you know, native ruins and wagon trails, and I had from the time I can remember, you know, I was probably two years old when I could first talk, um, speaking about past lives and being a, a man and dying in a sword fight, you know, in in like medieval area era. And I, I would tell my mom these things over and over and over. And it was the same story. And, and it, so it wasn't something, you know, this was the early eighties. It wasn't something I saw on TV. It wasn't, um, you know, anything I had ever read or heard about, and, and then I started, um, seeing spirits everywhere, everywhere. I saw, you know, I remember playing with, with fairy like creatures. I, I, from, I mean, I was very young. So thinking back now is probably elementals in the woods, you know, or, or like sprites or something that mm. I was just playing. And, and they were very protective of me, very, very protective of me. And, and then my interaction with animals as well, you know, I encountered, my poor parents, I swear, you know, I, I encountered mountain lions and Gila monsters <laughs> and all kinds of things that actually, that I would run in and tell them about. And, and I mean, this is the early eighties. So, so people are probably judging saying, Oh my God, where were her parents? Well, no, this was the eighties. So they told me I couldn't come in until sundown, you know? So like, <laughs> yeah, you and you and I grew up in the same era. Yeah, we were expecting like, get the hell out of the house, yeah, go play was, in the woods. You know, <laughs> I drank out of a water hose. <laughs> <gasps> no, and I'm still alive, barely. But you know, so it was things like that, and, and I'm sure at that point my parents probably thought there was something <laughs> like this one's this one's not normal. But um, I I started seeing, and I was terrified because. It was so taboo back then. I started seeing spirits and communicating with them everywhere in my house, you know, in the middle of the night. And back then, you know, my, my parents, and I don't, I don't blame them for it. Um, in hindsight, you know, people are afraid of, of the unknown. So, and nobody talked about the paranormal back then. It wasn't, it wasn't something, you know, you, it was frowned upon and people were crazy and, and might get thrown in an asylum for such things. So, so, <laughs> so, um, you know, my mom would be, I was so scared and I, I would be like, I would tell her every single night the different, because from my room to their room across the, the other side of the house, which seemed like, you know, 10 miles to me, there were like 
levels of ghosts along my path. So because not all of them were good. So I don't know if it was where I lived or just me being, you know, being a child and um, attracting that. And so um, I spent a lot. I remember actual people, um, elders of, of the native tribes that lived up there telling me stories from the 1800s. You know, these were very, very old. And then I also remember talking to spirit natives up there that eventually became some of my best friends in the mountains um, that told me who knows what era they were from. You know, I wish I could remember all of those conversations, Um, but nobody believed Mm -hmm. me. And then um, the same thing with, with extraterrestrials and UFOs living in the mountains, we saw all kinds of it, not to mention um, white sands missile range was a few hundred miles away. So they tested a lot of their, there, you know, we were the first to see like the stealth fighter planes and stuff over the mountains. But that's also when I first started being taken, um, which I blocked out till much later in my life. And through hypnosis, regression therapy and stuff, I've, I've remembered a lot of that. But, um, you know, I used to see this mechanical spider thing crawling in my room every night. And I was so scared. I would run and tell my parents or hide under my covers forever, you know, and, and now my speaking to my parents as an adult about these things and they see that it's normal and, you know, it's happens to other people too. They're, they're like, no, we 100% believe you. And we 100% notice things moving on their own around you and you interacting with these things that we couldn't see, but they said, we didn't understand it. So we just told you it wasn't real. <laughs> and so. Right. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm sure that would short circuit any parent's brain is like, <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, no. Every, everything's fine, sweetie. Everything's fine. Um, so I, do you mind if I, if I ask you uh, a few questions regarding your um, experiences with, with UFOs and sure. abductions? Out of curiosity, do you, I, cause I know that you said that you, it took you a while to actually get back to the point that you could tap into those memories. And, um, I, I love that this is coming up tonight because my whole last two weeks has been chock full of nothing but chrononauts and abductions and, uh, suspected, um, alleged different types of alien races. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, do you have any vivid memories about any particular um, of of the often referred to races of alien beings? Like, have have you experienced anything with the greys, oh. or was it something a little bit more um, surreal than that? Was no, it? Uh, so I have were they both more humanoid? Good and and bad experiences, um, positive and negative, with with different races, and so. You know, everybody speaks of the praying mantis type race. And I can 100% say that that every time, I mean, I don't think they look exactly like praying mantises, but but very, very similar. And, and then in hindsight, I thought back about those times and those interactions. And there were actually quite a few praying, like 
praying mantis insects that had shown up in my life prior to those, those interactions, which was interesting. So I don't know if they have some sort of actual relation, but, but before, because it would be times that, you know, I, I would only see one praying mantis, you know, like once a year, it'd be, it would be very, very rare, you know, and then all of a sudden I would, there'd be like 15 in one place or like all over my door or something, you know, just, just something really, I'm not talking like one or two. It was something very, um, that showed up in a manner that wasn't typical to, to, you know, a bug crossing my path or something, because I, I pay attention so much to, to spiritual, um, messages through animals and insects and everything else now. So, but I didn't at the time. So, but looking back, you know, those always proceeded. So I had, um, with those, I believe, you know, the grays, there's, there's always theories about them working with the government and, and things like that. And I will say that from the ones that my experiences weren't very good with, with that group ever. (laughs) Um, and then there's, there's the blue eyed, you know, um, like tall, white haired, like the Pleiadians. Yes. Um, I don't know what, you you know, I'm kind of on the, on the fence about, about them because I, I 100% know that they've saved my life before, but I also think they've harmed me before. So, but who knows? It it might've been for, for a good reason, you know, I don't know. Well, let me ask you a little, a little tougher question here. And, And this is something that's actually kind of been eaten at the back of my brain for the last few weeks is, we hear about like everybody has very uniquely tailored experiences when they have like face-to-face confrontations with extraterrestrial or potentially interdimensional species. Personally, I lean a little bit more towards that, but there seems to be, there's, there's a lot of conversation amongst those people that um, maybe we're not, really seeing them for what they are like it's the uh the psychic projection they are letting us see them in a manner that we can at least wrap our head around even if it is incredibly bizarre like the the mantis race or even the grays i I think it was uh whitley streber actually who i personally cannot stand but um he did tap into something that I found really interesting. And it was this, this moment where he confronted his abductors and, and flat out told him like, I don't believe you're showing me what you are. I don't, I don't think you're this. And at that moment, it showed, it showed itself as something else to Whitley Strieber that he did not have words to describe. But even then at the same time, he just said, no, I don't believe that either. That's not it. I don't believe it. Do you get that sensation as well? It depends on, I I would say it depends on almost, almost which one I'm dealing with, you know, which, which race or which interdimensional being or which, um, because there's, you know, that leads up to one of the times, um, I had a heart attack 
I right before the last thing I remembered was this, I had, you know, really high ceilings in the house. It was was like 20 foot high ceilings. And there was this giant, I can't even just, you know, it's one of those things I can't really describe. I, I guess most people would probably describe it as like an angel or something. But to me, it was just a giant light being that... I'm assuming they move so fast, you know, in the Merkaba that our eyes cannot perceive what they actually are a lot of times. So it just becomes um, a flare looking or, or like an orb or things like that. But this, this was huge and it looked like it had wings and it was just complete light. And then it was like, I, um, and I'm sure I was probably, that's one of the times, you know, I had a near death experience because then my entire life, um, almost like an old um, project projector, you know, <laughs> slideshow. Um, all these events throughout. Oh, you my got the life, uh, the life review. Yeah, went so fast, but okay. it was like, it was like in slow motion, but fast at the same time. I'm I'm assuming um, all the way back to like before I was born, and um, and and then, but but it was very calming as well. So. I'm not sure if it caused the heart attack or if it saved me, <laughs> you know, there's two different, um, there's, there's two different theories there. So yeah. when I came to, I 100% remembered, I knew exactly what happened. Um, the presence was still there. Um, and it was very calming, but that was one of the most profound interactions obviously I've had. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's been others where I've seen things that literally look like, like something out of alien that scared the shit out of me, you know, that was like eight foot tall and, and just a big, you know, teeth and monster and everything. And again, that might be go along with your theory of maybe that's um, the projection, you know, it, it was wanting me to see. So, but I did have one experience that has never left me um, with a person that was obviously, which I mean, I believe many people are aliens, but um, this one, I actually saw through the holographic persona of a human figure. And it was, it happened a few years ago. And I literally, that one, I almost had a breakdown. It's, you know, I almost went, went into hermit mode for good there for years because Um, it was so terrifying to me. I, I, you know, met this guy I was dating and we never, all we, we talked in, in daylight for, for weeks, you know? And then one time we, we went on this walk to a park and, um, I saw his face as literally as like, a monster, like a, a kind of like the reptilian, you know, figures you see all over the internet, almost like that. But, but that's who he was. And it was like half his face was that. And the other half was just human. And that night I lost, um, probably four hours of time. So, <laughs> so it terrified me, you know, so that's when, and, and this is before, 
I ever began. I never researched any of this before. I never, you know, studied into it being from, from Roswell, New Mexico and everything. I had heard about it all my life. So it wasn't something that was new, but it wasn't something maybe on a deeper level. I, I mean, I was afraid of, I was terrified of knowing the truth. And so that's really, and this, these all, all of these things happened a few years ago and kind of set into effect where I am now, um, where I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be afraid of ghosts anymore, spirits or interdimensional beings or cryptids or anything, because it's been there all my life. It's not going away. So I might as well confront it. And, um, and so I think that's, that's what's led me to this point. I am, um, I'm right there with you. Uh, to be honest, the, at this point, the whole reason that I'm barreling down the path that I'm on right now is through the course of the last few years, I've, uh, very similar to you, I've started to dig up some things from my past that I definitely rewired my own brain to make sure that I did not remember. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now that I've become, well, to be honest, since I've become fearless about it and I've been willing to open myself back up to it, and now that I'm starting to remember things, as soon as that happened, now all the synapses oh, yeah. are, are firing and all sorts of stuff is happening. Like, there is not a single normal day in my life, and I fucking Absolutely, love it. Because, and then you know it's the truth, and, and you... I don't know a single person that that's happened to that would go back to the old... Like, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not... People get so afraid when something moves on its own in their house, in their house or whatever. And that happens all the time to me to a point where I'm very respectful of it though, because sometimes there are trickster spirits that'll like move something or car keys or or whatever all the time. Um, But then there's others that help me, you know, I could be like, man, what what do I do with that paper, that book and it'll fall off a shelf or something, you know? So, so it's both, it, but it is very rewarding. I can't imagine going back to my old way of life. However, I do forget that not everybody lives the same way that I do. So <laughs> I try to be conscientious of that as well. So if you're anything like me, you're a really, really big uh downer not a downer, but you definitely make family reunions <laughs> interesting because I know I sure as hell do. Most of mine, they just sit there and stare at me and nod for right. a second. And then like one at a time, they just slowly walk away until there's that one yes. lonely person left as I'm sitting they there going on and on about you. reptilians. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah it's, actually, that's not true. I feel pretty lucky. My my family has uh, really embraced this whole dive into the unknown. And, um, and honestly, I consider it to be a litmus test. You throw me at a party, I'm going to start talking about fucking ghosts and aliens and the ones that are still left standing oh, yeah. after 30 minutes <laughs> of me doing this. You're my new friend. But you know what's funny <laughs> is in this journey, I have, have found that, um, you know, I, I used to work with my sister and she would be taught. She's like, don't, don't start, Trish. You're freaking me out. You're freaking me out. Because I would get, you know, being being intuitive, I would sense something happening somewhere or, you know, in the area. And I'd be like, no, wait a minute. And, you know, I'd start channeling. She's like, don't do it, Trish. You scare me. You scare the shit out of me when you do this. Don't do this to me. And we would start talking amongst ourselves. And somebody, one of the customers nearby would, would overhear it. And, you know, previous, prior to me caring what people thought, <laughs> I would, um, 
I would think that they they would have had a negative reaction to something like that. But more and more, I'm I'm experiencing that that people actually start opening up about it. They'll be like, you know, I, I just overheard you you talking about a ghost or or a UFO, and and I've never told anybody this. And then here comes another story that happened to them. So that they had never been able to tell anyone yep. for the same reasons. So. I, I do think that we are at a um, – I think that we're at a crux in, in the thoughts about all of these things as – like globally as a species because th- there is some kind of um, uh, spiritual third-eye multidimensional awakening thing going on I think with a lot of us. Um, and it's fascinating to me that it seems to be spreading like a wildfire. Well, I- and I really – Oh, sorry. I I was going to say, I think the shutdown helped with that a lot because it it forced people to kind of go, go within instead of, you know, to shut out all the noise. So exactly. 100%. I'm so glad somebody has picked (laughs) up on that. You're, you're right. It, uh, it, you know, uh, all of us being stuck alone with ourselves, got to get to know yourself a little bit better. And in the process, you find out that the universe is within us all. And that's where it gets really interesting. Um, I cannot tell you how much of a delight it is that we started off with that because that's actually something that you and I, and I mean, we've talked a lot about all sorts of stuff, but we've never really gotten into the alien extraterrestrial interdimensional being <laughs> thing before, no. at least not into this depth. And now all I can say is that when, you know, when this show is over, there's going to be a lot of late night calls <laughs> for you and I, cause we got a lot to talk about. Um, this, this conversation is far from over, but, 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 I don't want to lose the whole episode to aliens because I don't want to give the Pleiadians that much attention. You heard me, but uh, I, I do want to steer off into a different direction because y- you and I both perceive, you know, as we were talking about earlier that um, everything is connected. So the whole rainbow of paranormal and supernatural activity for me personally, all exists in the same spectrum. Um, that was one tiny little slice of the pie. Let's slide over to another one, and I want you to pick it. Oh. You want to go cryptids? You want to go ghosts? You want to go whatever? Portals. I think that's a really, really good thing to say since you pointed out that we both have mirrors behind us. And uh, to be honest, just just a month ago... You and I were standing in the middle of one, but we're going to talk about that at a later time. And wink, wink, nudge, nudge, listeners, you all know what I'm talking about. I've been teasing it since fucking November. We're going to get there, I promise. But uh, yeah, portals, go. Portals, man. And I've, you know, I've, I've realized, I don't know if I'm naturally, obviously, I probably am naturally drawn to them um, because I moved from upstate New York and... I lived near um, a place called Thompson Park uh, near Fort Drum. And it wasn't until after I moved, but I I knew this from the park. It's a huge park. It's on a hill. And they have, you know, there's a zoo there and and stuff with wolves. I loved it. I used to walk there all the time. But there was a part of the park specifically that people would walk through and end up either on the other side of the park or somewhere down the trail. 
And so it has, there's now a sign there that marks this location as a portal or a vortex, um, which is interesting. And I know, I know that I've done that myself numerous times in the woods and everything else. And obviously, um, you know, in witchcraft and everything else, mirrors, portals, obviously that's, that's a huge part of our beliefs. So that it is. So that's, um, did, did you notice the sigils written on mine back there? I'm I can't, sure, I, I can't you probably them. can't even see them. When you when yeah, you yeah. were gone, uh, the there there was a spirit on the camera. I don't know if it was still recording, but it was obviously getting my attention to that. So it is the same damn thing that followed me back from the place that we met in really? person. It's it's still yeah, it's still here, and at this point, it's kind of made itself roommate. at home, and it's. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really is. It, you know, um, the first couple of weeks after coming back, it, it really tried to mess with me, but now at this point it's, you have a mutual it's understanding. kind of, <laughs> it's, it's a comforting nice. presence. It, it really is. When I come home first, I say hi to Hattie, the snake. Then I say hi to the pup. And then I say hi to you. Won't talk to me, but it always lets me know that it's there. Anyway, so the the portals and vortex thing, um, you mentioned earlier before we actually started recording this that um, uh, you, you seem that like all roads seem to lean, lead to very specific places for you, at least at this particular moment in time, Kansas, Indiana, and North Carolina. I'm telling you right now, if you ever decide to come out here, we got three places in the state that I have yet to be uh, yet to go to myself, but I really want to go check out. And they are known to be, you know, vortex or portal uh, places. And I really want to experience them. Although one of them I was very close to when I went to Brown Mountain. What I used to live, I'm not familiar with a lot of North Carolina, but I did live in the South for quite some time in Georgia and Florida. Um, mm-hmm. But what what are the ones that you haven't been to there? So there's uh, there's one that is up towards Nags Head, I believe, uh, which is is kind of like on the it's it's closer up to the Outer Banks. Um, it's also incredibly high frequency UFO hotspot, um, and there is another one. I'm unfortunately I'm going to have to do a little bit of research and look back into this one, but. It's closer to it's it's close to the border of North and South Carolina, pretty much a straight shot down down from Charlotte. I'll get the details to you and I'll send them to you later. But yeah, if you ever find yourself uh, out in this direction, like you know, you have an open invitation. Let's go check them out. I there's so many places. Another thing about portals and vortexes um, that I've been led to recently is is tunnels and underground like waterfalls and stuff, which, which makes sense because obviously anything in the earth and and water with elements would probably draw a lot of be, be just a huge magnet um, for such things. Mm -hmm. So one that I want to, that is on my bucket list is I, I believe it's called Ruby falls in Tennessee. That's an underground waterfall and there's supposed to be like crystals and, and stuff. It's a cave, you know, and stuff there. Did you ever go to any of the, um, any of the caves in Missouri? Check that out. Those I've heard so many stories about those. (laughs) I, I went, I went to a few, 
Um, however, I gotta admit, my time when I lived in Missouri, um, I I was still very very far removed from this side of myself. Um, it's not something that I had opened up to. I I think I was just I was so work driven and just trying to focus on you know, career and things like that. So I never really got to open myself up to it when I was down there. But I got to admit, there are some pretty fascinating places in Missouri that I wouldn't mind returning to. However, we're talking day trips because I am not allowing myself to spend more than 24 hours in Missouri at a time. Oh, it's just not happening. Anybody should spend more than 24 hours in Missouri at a time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> that, that land is cursed. And it's, <laughs> That's uh, it, it does, just when I drive it's through not the arches good. in St. Louis. I, I think, it, you know, it's like, it's like a gateway to hell. I mean, literally. I totally get you when, when me, Alejandro and Walker were on our way to Kansas and we passed through St. Louis and, and we see those arches, Alejandro gets all excited and taking out his camera oh, no. and taking a picture. And I'm just like, oh, God, so, no. Um, ironically, I forgot about that until, because I usually don't stay in Atchison overnight or, you know, after dark anyways. And my recent trip there, like a week or two ago, um, I forgot about the bridge that looks like the, you know, it's got the big lit up arches and stuff. I forgot that was there over the river. Yeah. That's, that's another crazy one that makes sense though. It's yeah, it's it's haunting, and there's there's a lot going. Oh God, that whole town is just absolutely bananas. So, yeah, but yeah, we'll we'll touch back <laughs> on that one at at a later time because we we're gonna have a lot to talk about that one. Uh, the further we go down that rabbit hole, and um, you will be definitely be being dragged back onto this show for another episode here in the very near future for that. Um. Oh, portals. I was going to say symbolism with portals um, is another thing I've noticed uh, historically. So, and it wasn't until I started, you know, I, I'm an artist and, and I, I have a studio that I I got into antique furniture um, and refurbishing it and stuff a lot in the recent years. Um, And one of the things I noticed, especially with old mirrors, which I will not typically, um, I mean, that's kind of a witch, uh, you know, superstition that I don't buy old mirrors or other people's mirrors and put them in my house because that's just, it's probably dangerous. (laughs) But, but as far as um, for my studio and in art, a lot of the stained glass designs from different eras I started noticing, you know, all the different symbolism, obviously, on it that I'm Mm -hmm. sure was very, very intentional for the time. Because, as you know, I, you know, I work with energy a lot and um, being kind of a medium and, and intuitive in that sense, when I touch things, I can... I can go back through the history of the object to the previous owners and things like that. So I started noticing on a lot of these, these historical mirrors and windows, stained glass things, you know, that had these symbols, they were very intentional, but 
I assume it was during times where people just didn't talk about things like that. Although the superstition with mirrors has gone back thousands of years, you know, as far as, well, I don't know, the mirrors have been around that oh, long, yeah, but yeah. like water reflections, things like that. Um, so a lot, obviously with the churches and, but especially these old Victorian houses, because I lived in one where it was actually an old funeral parlor and <laughs> in the room that had these, these symbols in, in stained glass on the mirrors, the mirrors would cast rainbows on specific locations on walls in my house and the symbols. So it was, I was very ah. intentional, you know, and I'm like, that's, that's very interesting, you know, but. Now, when you say symbols, do you mean like, um, like classic religious archaic symbols or are we talking sigils oh, here? Oh. Are we talking? And really? it would cast that reflection on the wall with a rainbow that would, you know, lead to like a different reflect and hit off a different wall. And it would make, it would make different shapes, different, like the rainbow connections. Wow. So that's become something that I've, I've, I've gotten very <laughs> interested in as well, as far as when I visit like old churches and stuff that don't burn down when I enter them. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but you said it. And now I have to do this because I always pepper the show with humor. <clears throat> I'm a redhead. So. Someday you'll find the, Rainbow connection of lovers and dreamers and me. Sorry, I I had to. You set me up for that, but the <laughs> no. But so where where was that house? If you don't mind me asking, I'm curious. It was um about forty forty miles north of Topeka. Um, so it wasn't far from from where I live now. You know, and um, there's. There's a lot of crazy hidden history in these small towns that, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure my no, there really is. What, because I lived next, of course, of course, I lived next to an abandoned church and um, my backyard, I'm pretty sure used to be the old um, graveyard. And so a lot of people don't realize the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard, which one is connected to the church and one is not so. Mm. Yeah, fair point. Uh, I will say that the next time that I do make a trip out to uh, Kansas, I'm going to carve out a lot more time um, while I'm there because there's like on our way out there. And then, of course, talking to you uh, quite a bit over the last couple of months, there's there's so much there to explore. Oh, so, yeah, then the next trip will probably be a week long and we're going to make the most of it. I can tell you that much. Um, but the, uh, the, the portals and vortex thing, this is something that, that really is just kind of popped up onto my radar personally, like in maybe the last year and a half. Um, I, I've heard people talk about it, but it's kind of one of those things that I'm open to listening to anything, but until I actually have a, an experience like colliding into one of these, uh, you know, uh, some sort of phenomenon, it, it kind of sits on the back burner mm -hmm. for a bit. And between Brown mountain and, and Atchison and a couple of other places that I've been to, uh, yeah, that's, that's something I really want to explore. And it's actually something that I really, really want to try to do. Like, 
uh, CE five experiments. Well, that it's funny you say that because that was going to be my next, my next comment. Um, I have to be very careful with when, um, and I've seen other children do this. Um, when my daughter was little, you know, she's, she's highly intuitive like me. And, and um, I try to be very Mm -hmm. sensitive to, to that with kids now, because I don't want to, um, you know, I was so, I, I got to a point where I was almost ashamed of it when I was little and scared of, of talking to adults about things like that. So I tried to explain right. things to her the way, you know, because nobody ever showed me or taught me anything about how to, how to deal with spirits or, or, you know, the emotions from, from a specific place that had, you know, some traumatic event happen and how to, just how to process all that, you know, when I was little. So I tried to be very sensitive, but I realized when she was little, she would use, she kept stealing my little uh, compact mirrors <laughs> like and hiding them in places. And I thought, you know, it was just, it was just uh. something that like little kids do. And, and it was, you know, girls playing dress up, whatever. Now she was actually communicating with something through mirrors. And then I realized it was because you use your eyes, you know, you, your eyes, in mirrors, obviously, mate. I don't know, but um, it really made me start paying attention in in that aspect as well. Huh. Well, you have the opportunity to be uh, more supportive and also be a damn good teacher. And that's that's what so, um, I also kind of want to take. Um, you know, I've, I've considered having children on my new show in the future, maybe, um, that are gifted or, or psychic or things like that. And to talk about their own experiences and how they deal with it. You know, the ones that that have been around it all their lives, because I, I have a lot of friends, um, now that, that I'm attracting more people like myself, that obviously their kids and their entire families are the same. And so I think it would be neat to, um, have kids talk about it too, because then that would make others aware that it's, you know, there are other people like them, you know, there's, they're not, they're not as well. I mean, I think it's good being weird. Like I embrace that now. So, but you know how kids are nowadays, (laughs) like I, you know, she, I, I don't want, um, I would love to find a way to help kids not get bullied for that weirdness, <laughs> you know? So. Oh God. Yeah. No, we, please. We need, yeah. Cause it's hard. That. I mean, it's hard dealing with normal with other humans for that matter, much less dealing with ghosts all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know about you, but it, sometimes I forget how to oh, human. Absolutely. I, I, I do all the time. <laughs> But I can't imagine in this day and age as a child or a teenager, you know, I I cannot imagine because we didn't have all the, you know, interwebs and social media and everything else, all that bullshit to, to also have to deal with. And to also constantly distract us from a very beautiful world that is all around us at any given moment in time and how much we don't pay attention to it. 
that's another yeah. thing. People ask me why I, how I have had, maybe it's just, they're like, maybe you're just crazy and there's no way you could have all these experiences and, and all this stuff. But, or maybe it's because, like I said, I'm not normal as in, I don't watch that much TV. I don't interact in, in, in the world, I guess. Now, you know, I don't pay attention to, um, the typical drama of everyday lives and gossip and things like that. You know, I spend my time in nature, so I'm out there to see it, I guess. I, I try yeah. to live very much in the present um, because once you start seeing the past and the future and everything else, it's not, it's not, I don't want to say it's a burden, but I just get to a point where I don't want to know what's going to happen. You know, I just want to appreciate right now. So, so that's what I've been trying to do, especially since, you know, my last heart attacks and stuff. That's sage advice and something that I can definitely get behind and definitely a feeling that, um, I can connect to, uh, especially after like, I haven't had to go through what you've gone through, but ever since September, life has a whole different meaning and my perception of it is very, very different now. Uh, but also my perception of the world that surrounds me has opened up even broader and wider, you know? Um, there is a whole lot more about the world around us that we don't understand than we do. And the more time we allow ourselves to sink a little bit further into those areas, I think we will not only understand all of those things better, but we will understand ourselves not only as individuals, but us as a communal species and the fact that we're all sharing this space together. And, you know, there's, there's a lot we're missing for all of the things we get right, which actually is not that much. <laughs> there's, there's a lot that we're out of well, touch with. And that's actually when I started, I, I don't know if, we've ever talked about my, so my, my experience, how I got into back into, I should say art and photography, which has opened up an entire new way of communicating through spirits and everything else. Um, but when I was, um, 18 years old, when I graduated, that's all I wanted to do was be an artist, you know, and I was very good at it back then. I, I could have gotten a scholarship, um, to art school and someone told me that I would never amount to anything as an artist. So of course it's one of those things that that one person saying, saying something that blocks your entire right. Ripple effect. But um, you know, now I've learned in life that anything that is meant for you will always be, I mean, yes, granted it might be 20 years down the road. Um, so I, I stopped doing art for years for, for almost gosh, 15, 16 years. I didn't pick up. I didn't write. I didn't draw. I didn't paint. I did nothing. I didn't make music. Um, and then, um, it was when I was, I was, um, losing a battle to Lyme disease, uh, three years ago. You know, they, they told me I had less than 1% chance to live. And so, um, it's when it kind of clicked, you know, I, I, I said, no, my, my cardiologist for that matter said, 
that we've done all we can do, Trish, you know, you either make it or you don't. And it was like, at that moment, I was like, oh, oh, hell no. You know, like all of a sudden, (laughs) I am not dying today, sir. (laughs) I went on this like rampage. I stopped taking medication. They were giving me, I stopped going to the doctor, which I mean, I don't, (laughs) I don't suggest that, but, but. I'm sorry, doctor. Let me give you a prognosis. (laughs) Right. Fuck you. (laughs) And at the time, you know, I had like six specialists. I, it had spread to my brain. It had spread to my, my heart and everything. My organs were shutting down. And, um, so I was like, well, fuck it. You know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go big or go home. Right. Like I'm going to start doing, I'm going to do all the things. <laughs> so I started, I started painting again to start with and, um, you know, just kept on, loved it, kept on, kept on. And, um, I, and then I got into photography and I had this sign by my door, um, that said, pay attention to the little things. And so I'm like, huh. And so during the shutdown, you know, after I, so I healed myself basically. And I, I 100% know that my art had a lot to do with it because colors have extremely healing their frequencies. Every color has a different frequency and color frequencies have such a healing effect on the brain that they have started using it with Alzheimer's patients. Um, And and with Lyme disease, it, it kind of works a lot um, like Alzheimer's because you get white lesions on your brain. You know, it makes you start having dementia and stuff. So I yeah. went back to my doctors and they said, you know, a few months later when I was like, okay, I might as well check in so they don't all think that I died here, you know. And uh, <laughs> and they said, we don't know what you're doing, um, but your brain is healing itself. And so between that and changing my diet and everything, I bought a new camera and I started um, taking pictures of not the usual things that everybody sees. I would, you know, I got a high power lens. I started taking pictures of like tiny little ants carrying things that were tons of like macro photography, you know, little tiny mushrooms in my yard and all kinds of stuff that, that I couldn't see in detail, obviously with my eyes, but made amazing, amazing pictures as well. And so that also led to, you know, more art and more creativity. And, um, and then I started making paintings that intuitively would, even if it was something regarding the world or my current environment, they always ended up happening uh, a few months down the road which was interesting and profound. You know, I was like, well, that's crazy. Uh, I would have them hanging on my wall in my studio. I'm like, that came true and that came true. And so I was actually painting my future, technically, I guess. That is fascinating. Trish, that's, um, that's something that you've, you've talked about. And, and I, I kind of feel like a little bit of an ass for not asking you more about, because, you know, typically you and I start talking it, it, we just go straight into the weird. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I've always been curious about your art and photography. And for that matter, I mean, is there anywhere that you shared? Is there anywhere that, uh, that I could look it up or is there anywhere that you feel comfortable sharing or is it? I do. I, I have recently rebranded my entire, um, 
studio, my entire um, business and everything. Now it is Savage Roots Alchemy. And I do have a website I, I need to update as well. Um, and it's just savagerootsalchemy.com. And the reason I started that was was all of this put together, you know, after I became, it was last year in January, I became a certified clinical hypnotherapist. And then also during the shutdown, um, because of Lyme, um, you know, because the human brain and, and those things are so fascinating to me. I'm also pursuing my, my doctorate um, in metaphysics and social sciences from the University of Sedona. So, yeah. Really? Uh, and COVID, you know, postponed our graduation for like another year or two. So, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> but I'm really excited about going there to graduate too, because that's such a highly spiritual place. Um, and and all of that combined, kind of, um, you know, that's where this business came about because, um, and and actually because of the the international force of friendship. Um, in Atchison when I was at a breaking point, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. when I first went there like two years ago to, no, well, almost two years ago to that forest. And it made me realize how one, how everything is one, you know, how we're all technically in the same forest and we're all connected and the roots. And so um, Savage Roots, you know, that, that really started to, in my own life, when I started getting down to the roots of all the problems I've been covering up all my life and, and dealing with those. And I mean, whether it be health or spiritual, <coughs> excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. And alchemy is literally, trans, you know, the definition of that is trans transmuting or transforming something um, that's seemingly nothing into to something magical, you know, and, and Einstein was one of my absolute, um, I have so many, I have a little Einstein bobblehead on my desk, you know, that, that is inspired, inspires me all the time because I think it was, I, I believe it was him that said that, you know, there's two different types of people in this world. Those that view, um, how does it go? As if everything is magic and those that, think that nothing is. So I completely transformed into this person that believes that everything is, you know, it's all around us. So, and it's not like I'm special in any way or makes me any different. Everybody is capable of that and, and accessing that part of themselves. Um, There's an alchemist in every single one of us. And so that's where Savage Roots um, was formed. And, um, you know, my slogan was it ran in the family until it ran into me. Well, I certainly want to be able to share that with my audience if you're comfortable with that. Yeah. Okay, great. We will definitely put it on there. Well, Trisha, unfortunately, we're about an hour um, and which which what this means is you're just going to have to come back for part two that is completely unrelated to the other thing that I'm going to be bringing you on for. Um, because I, I do in the future, I want you and I to do a a bit of a back and forth deep dive into CE5. Um, cause as I've told you, I have a lot of things to say about that, but if we start that rabbit hole tonight, we will be here until two in the morning. Um, and I know my, my audience knows that I love to go long winded, but motherfuckers, you have no idea. We will be here for five hours more. 
easy. Like I have easy. ADHD, so um, you know I get <laughs> <so. laughs> Yeah, you know we we don't ever want them to stop, of course. But um, so uh, a couple things I, I wanted to touch on really really quick here though is. Um, what are your top five? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to give you a top five. What are the top five locations that you would want to personally do an investigation on anywhere in the world? Oh, gosh. I, I don't want you to think about it. First, th- first five that come to mind. Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. There is a place called... It's an actual place. I know it's it's obviously on movies too. Midgard, I believe, but it's like the equivalent. I mean, it's been there forever in uh, Ireland or Scotland. Why don't Why don't I know this all of a sudden? But anyways, it's it's actually the original, and and obviously I'm Irish, so a lot of my roots go back there. Um, Killian, I'm right there with you. <laughs> and uh, that's two. Um, I have been drawn to the Badlands, surprisingly, out in western Kansas. I don't know why I haven't gone there yet, um, which is actually now they renamed it Little Jerusalem. It's it's another rock formation, um, but I've been drawn there for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. The Grand Canyon. There's a whole story about Yeah, I still that. haven't been there. I don't know either. why I haven't been there. We like we begged we lived right near there when I was growing up and we begged my 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 parents to take us one year and they we, we got to go to the California deer farm instead, which was in Arizona, oddly enough. And it was a deer farm. I'm like, I have wait, deer in my wait, wait. backyard. California deer farm in Arizona. So, you know what? America right. just doesn't make sense to me. Go and, ahead, and please. And my <laughs> parents didn't make sense to me at the time either. I'm like, I want to see the damn Grand Canyon. They take me to a deer farm when I lived in the mountains. I'm like, oh, that's like going to, you know. <laughs> see, here's the thing. Though. If, if I ever did Grand Canyon, that would easily have to be like a two to three week trip because I would want to see the whole thing. And then I would want to go straight all the way up to Moab and straight through yeah. the salt flats. Um. Yeah. And, and I would love my, my other obviously is, um, the Mayan ruins. Um, I have so many stories about that, that I love, obviously when it's not as dangerous, um, with the, you know, wars and and stuff going on in South right now, I don't want to lose my head. So (laughs) but I'm pumped. I see what you did there. That's, that's good. That's, that's going to be the audio preview for this episode. That was fucking fantastic. Um, but I promise that if you do, I will honorably shoot a score on the game with you. (laughs) Know your history people. If you don't understand that reference, you need to go back to middle school and uh, remember your ancient history classes. But uh, Trish, I really want to thank you so much for, for making time to, uh, come on here tonight. And, and honestly, like I got to apologize because I did have a very structured thing to go off, but you just went straight into aliens and that just, I've been two weeks in this rabbit hole. Well, ah! my first guest is, uh, as you know, the global CE5 founder and, 
yeah, yeah. Actually, let's let's take a few minutes. Can can you can you talk about that? Because like, even if uh, all of you by this point, I will have already mentioned Trish a couple of times on the upcoming episodes for um, podcasts and and shows that I'm supporting. Please go check her work out and go check out Chasing Prophecy as well. But I think y'all are going to want to check this one out. So yes, please, Trish, g- give us a little a little blurb about what to expect. Well, from I, my first guest will be Rupert Kortosh. He's the global CE five founder. Um, there's a, and C five is the human initiated alien contact. I have never actually experienced, I've, I've wanted to go to one of their, their meetups and such for a long time. I have not actually experienced, experienced that yet, but he's going to be my guest. And come with me. And um, he's also the author of Aliens, Avatars, Ghosts, and God. Um, it's, it's, you know, an author about the, or it's a novel about the spirit realm. And um, he's got so many other things that, you know, he, he was, he specialized in X, X-ray astrophysics research Um from a university in England. So I'm really excited about what he has to say about alien contact and the C5 experience. Um, and so that will be Monday night live, um, 9 PM Eastern, 8 PM central. And that's going to be on the UPRN, um, United public radio network or my, or my Facebook website is, um, just the missing piece, uh, which yeah, well, I will definitely have links for that into the show, and also for your back catalog by the time this episode airs. But for those of you in New Orleans, which I don't know if I've told you, I I used to live yes. in New Orleans. Um, yeah, uh, one hundred five point three, and that's going to be uh, eight p.m. y'all's time, uh, nine p.m. for us out here on the East Coast. Do not miss it. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this, and maybe it's good that we didn't dive into CE five tonight because. I'm going to listen to this. Then we're going to have a whole lot yeah, more Yeah, and they actually, about. they have um, a meetup coming up, if I can get a group of people to go to, um, because they have a Missouri group. So they do a lot in the Kansas City area and the Lawrence area, which is close to me. So um, as, as you know, um, I'm sure Kansas, um, Kansas City specifically, and the Topeka area have become known as the yeah. UFO hotspot this year. So... Um, it has the, the Midwest is really, really kicking it off, um, this year. And for the latter half of last year, it's, it's, it's been a pretty hot spot as well as, uh, well, actually, I guess I'm living in the other one. Yeah. I mean, North Carolina up to Virginia beach is the other hot spot at the moment. And there's actually a lot of C five groups going on out here. And as somebody who's been to several of them at this point, go, I, I promise you it's going to be worth it. It's going to be a good time, and um, we'll, we'll talk about this further later, but you have nothing to be concerned about. It's uh, so long as you trust the people that you're going with, because it's not the aliens I'm oh, worried no. about. I don't, it's I, yeah, I don't people. trust people, so, so there is that, you know. I, can, right. I mean, if I can bring my animals, like, that, that's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. All right, so... Trish, again, thank you, thank you so much for uh, for joining me tonight. This is the first of of many times because 
we we just we just kicked off the game tonight. There's so much more to talk about. There really is. So everybody, that's oh god, are you kidding? You have an open invite. Anytime you want to come on, I'll let you know what I'm doing before I even air it. If you want to come in and add, add some commentary, and, and the invitation you know is mutual. Like I said, I'm I'm excited to you know have you on my show. We also want to have you back on chasing. Um, in the future, uh, as well as maybe um, being a guest co host with me occasionally, because that'll be fun. <laughs> oh, God, anytime. Yeah, absolutely. But again, you will definitely have to return the favor and, and come on and help me out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends, that's uh, that's Trish Moe, uh, host of The Missing Piece, which you can catch every Monday night starting this Monday. Well, by the, by the time this airs three Mondays ago, but every Monday live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central um, at UPRN and New Orleans 105.3. I will have all of the contact and following info in the show notes. Be sure to give her a follow, check her stuff out as somebody who is not only connected with her and just in conversation since, but has been to some spots or uh, one particular spot with her. I vouch for this one. All right. So I'm throwing that out there. And then uh, Chasing Prophecy, that's on the same station and same network at uh, same time, but Tuesdays. on Tuesdays. And that's a two hour correct? show. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot of fun. You guys should check it out. But I can guarantee you, if you like what we do here at XV Planets, you're going to love what Trish does with the missing piece. It's going to be a hoot, and we're all really, really looking forward to it. All right, Trish, thanks again so much for coming on. First of many, uh, I'll, I'm sure I'll drag you back on here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Always a pleasure. All right, have Thank a good night. You too. I'd like to thank Trish for coming on and sharing her experiences with us. Be sure to check out her work on The Missing Piece and Chasing Prophecy. Links will be in the show notes. Her experiences lean into the weirder and wilder side of the paranormal and are saturated in real high strangeness. Something almost akin to the Fae. Now, for those of you who have read Jacques Vallée's Passport to Magonia, I'm sure that rings a little bit of a bell. An essay considered by some to be one of the most important pieces of work in the history of ufology, Passport to Magonia opened the doors for a new interpretation of the UFO phenomenon, thus saving the classic dichotomy between skepticism and extraterrestrial hypothesis, and showing the need to include the component of subjective psychic elements such as mythological, historical, folkloric, and religious interpretations to the objective physical manifestation of the phenomenon. Magonia, a legendary city of medieval folklore and named in some old chronicles, would be the region from which strange aerial creatures would come. Valet would reuse this concept to allude to the fact that the beings of current UFOs belong to the same type of manifestations that were described in past centuries abducting humans and flying through the skies, thus bridging extraterrestrial visions and those of angels, demons, fairies, and elves. All would be, for him, manifestations of the same phenomenon. In short, it leans a little more into the theory that I believe, and that is that we're not necessarily interacting with aliens and cryptids coming from some far-off planet, but that these anomalies are popping in and out of their realities and into ours. 
places where two or more dimensions coexist for a moment. Now that is a theory I will be talking about uh, quite a bit as the year goes on, and how it delves into simulation theory for me as well. But that, that my friends, is an insanity for another Saturday. Alright, before we wrap up, as always, I have to show a little love plug for my fellow podcasters and creators, so if you like what we do here, you should definitely go check these guys out. First up this week is the Quite Unusual Podcast. Hosts Nicole and Noel tackle subjects of all sizes of strangeness and uncover some really interesting, lesser-known tales. Really good stuff. Euphemet and Night Drift are two separate shows hailing from one Jim Perry. Jim approaches topics like UFOs and the paranormal from a documentary interview approach, almost. Brilliant storyteller, Jim really builds up the narrative and has become a favorite of mine for long rides through the night. For those of you closer to home here in North Carolina, you should check out the Carolina Haints podcast. These are extremely short but informative bite-sized nuggets of the weirder side of NC. Good for the short drive to work, and it'll probably give you something to obsessively research on your breaks like I do. And lastly, I have to give a huge shout-out to my old friend Heather Turner, host of The Huxley Files, where every Friday over the course of a few hours, Heather and her guests tackle everything from current news, discordianism, misinformation, and pop culture with a slow descent into a bottle of wine, as Fridays should go. Chances are on Friday nights you'll either find me lurking in Heather's audience or over on one of the many Discord servers that I am a part of, so... Come and join on all accounts. I'll have links for all of the aforementioned podcasts in the show notes. And join us next week as Beth returns for a new installment of Twin Geeks. <laughs> After which we will conclude the last two episodes of this Conversations Through the Void uh, bit that I'm doing. And uh, also, I'm kicking around the idea of doing a live call-in show via StreamYard to talk all things strange and potentially have some of you on to share your own stories for a live feed. If you have a story that you'd like to share on a campfire-like storytelling segment of an upcoming sideshow, email me at xvplanis at gmail.com. This podcast is produced in Durham, North Carolina, and was recorded, edited, and scored by yours truly. Original music from the series can be found under my musical moniker, Folds and Floods, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, and everywhere else as XVPlanis. And you can follow my personal accounts and music at Folds and Floods. Click on the link tree in the show for quick access to all of the above. XVPlanis is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network. To hear more great independent productions like the one you just heard, visit www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. That's www.tgmpodcastnetwork.com. Once again, I am your host, Flood. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. Keep your hearts soft, your heads strong, and your spirits weird and wonderful. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and I'll see you in the between.